industrialization, uh, et cetera, as, was why, you know, in the 16th, 17th century, the this hockey stick, whatever, this exponential curve. All I'm, what I'm saying, and that was different. That was fu- that was fundamentally different from previous history. But it was right. well, it was not fun. It was, it was, uh, uh, you know, it's like it, it, it was it quantitative or qualitative. It was a qualitative based on certain dynamics. But the stage was set much earlier. Is all I'm saying, and I think the and I was trying to point to this this earlier dynamic of the and and you know the break the the breakup of the of the kind of whatever sort of equilibrium uh, mechanisms were at place in India and all around the world that were disrupted by colonialism is, is part of the same dynamic. And, it, and it, it, you know, anyway, we could go on and on, but we are totally out of time, and I got to go. Thanks, yep. Nathaniel. Thanks, everybody. Bye. You're listening to KBOO Portland, 90.7 FM. The time is 8.59 a.m. Next up is Fight the Empire. Well, good morning. Welcome to Fight the Empire. My name is Per Fogring. Well, it looks like uh, Donald Trump uh, said that he will run again for president in 2024. It's possible that uh, he could even he could even uh, run his campaign from a jail cell, <coughs> which uh, could happen. Uh, from what I from what I gather, there's uh, there's no uh, law so they can't. Uh, if he if he did win, it'd be very interesting. He would be a he'd be like Grover Cleveland, who had a he he won he was president for one term, and then he lost his next election, and he was out for a term, and then he won a, he he was voted back into office. So he was uh, actually served two two different terms as president, but uh, they were not consecutive. And I suppose this could happen to uh, Donald Trump again if he uh, happened to uh, win in 2024. Uh, Kind of a horrible thing to contemplate, but there it is. 
meanwhile, uh, you know, uh, uh, President Biden, uh, he wants to uh, overthrow uh, Russian President Putin. He sort of, at, at times he says he isn't, but then earlier this year he said he did. And he, and then he said it was a, on his part, it was a spontaneous call in response to a, a, a invasion of Ukraine. So it uh, leaves us with a uh, really uh, a terrible choice. We have, uh, you know, Trump is such an obvious uh, scoundrel that it, it makes uh, it makes Biden look good by comparison. But I think we should beware, you know, that uh, in some ways uh, uh, Biden may be uh, uh, maybe even more dangerous. Uh, there's a very interesting article by uh, Jeffrey Sachs, who says, uh, I'll read a little bit from it. it, says, President Joe Biden is undermining his party's congressional prospects through a deeply flawed foreign policy. Biden believes that America's global reputation is at stake in the Ukraine war and has consistently rejected a diplomatic off-ramp. The Ukraine war, combined with the administration's disruptions of economic relations with China, is aggravating the stagflation that will likely deliver one or both houses of Congress to the Republicans. Far worse, Biden's dismissal of diplomacy prolongs the destruction of Ukraine and threatens nuclear war. Uh, Biden inherited an economy beset by deep disruptions to global supply chains caused by the pandemic and by former President Donald Trump's erratic trade policies. Yet instead of trying to calm the waters and repair the disruptions, Biden escalated the U.S. conflicts with both Russia and China. Uh, so this is uh, very serious that, uh, uh, you know, Biden uh, comes across as a, uh, you know, as a reasonable person and a person who can be, uh, uh, you know, not prone to outbursts like uh, like Donald Trump. But uh, when you uh, look at what he actually might be doing, what he might be up to, it uh, it makes you uh, it makes you wonder. It makes you uh think that uh you know that we're being we're being kind of uh steamrolled by trump's erratic uh nasty personality he's such an obvious uh, uh clown and, and uh, scoundrel that we think that anybody who is more smooth talking like uh, joe biden has got to be a better person and uh, less of a danger to uh, to the nation and the world so anyway, uh, if people want to call in, what do you think about that? Who you, how do you uh, rate uh, Biden versus Trump? Uh, the number to call is 503-231-8187. Uh, we are at a kind of a pivotal, uh, pivotal you might say pitiable, too, uh, point in our nation's history where... Uh, uh, it's hard to it's hard to recall. I've been around a while. It's hard to recall a time uh, exactly like this in in our nation's recent history. But uh, it's something that we all have to uh, uh, go through together as a nation, hopefully, and uh, see what happens 
what happens sort of on the other side. Will uh, will there be a better world where uh, resources are are uh, allocated more fairly, or we will we have a uh, kind of a wasteful system we have now, where scarce resources are being are being plundered? Uh, getting back to uh, Biden wanting to overthrow uh, Vladimir Putin, it's uh, uh, he says, uh, you know, he sort of has gives a mixed message on this. You know, he says that he really isn't, but uh, uh, but earlier this year he did, and he said it was a uh, it was a spontaneous call and response to this so-called invasion of Ukraine. Um, the invasion uh when you when you hear accounts on the news about the about the uh the, the Russians in Ukraine you know they seem to begin with the uh what they call the invasion which happened i think in 2014 but uh, that was sort of not the beginning of the uh the beginning of the story uh the story began earlier when uh uh, when the president, the uh, Ukrainian president uh, uh, Viktor Yanukovych, was overthrown by a, uh, basically by a street mob, the uh, so-called Maidan protesters or whatever, and uh, uh, some uh, say that these, you know, they they seem to be a sort of a uh, kind of a, a street mob or uh, street protesters. Uh, some people have seen some accounts that. Uh, they are actually uh, uh, sort of uh, set up, uh, put in place by uh, uh, by the CIA, and uh, that they were not uh, they, they were kind of acting on our behalf. But anyway, uh, this uh, so-called invasion overthrew uh, Viktor Yanukovych. He was the elected president of, of Ukraine. And he was overthrown by this uh, street gang, and he uh, he fled the country. And then they had uh, uh, they had elections, and uh, and 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 uh, Ukrainian politics has kind of continued on its present course ever since. And uh, sort of the underlying message is that well. Once they had elections after you, after Yanukovych were driven out of office, that once they had an election, that this kind of makes everything okay again. And I would beg to differ that uh, uh, the fact that a president could be overthrown and like that by a street gang, uh, it kind of uh, taints everything that follows uh, from it. Uh, I'm not sure whether Yanukovych's followers were able to run in the election or or how they fared, but uh, it's it sets up a situation where uh, uh, you know where uh, if you're on the wrong side, according to uh, whoever, who according to the the, uh, the Maidan protesters, street gangs, that uh, you uh, uh, you may not be around very long. So this is a uh, sort of the background to uh, uh, Ukraine right now. We have two callers. Uh, we have a caller on the line. Good morning. You're on the air. Uh, good morning, Kerr. Uh, yes. Just to segue with what you just said, I, 
I think that Biden is a much better fit with the neocons who have been driving this uh, ever since 2014 or perhaps before that. Uh, Victoria Newland, uh, married to Robert Kagan, one of the chief neocons that uh, guided us into the Iraq war 20 years ago. Uh, the neocons, I had assumed, because I hadn't heard their, their name in quite a while, had faded from uh, the public stage. Uh, but no, Victoria Newland and, and, and the rest of the neocons actually are in back in the saddle they their their agenda is has come to fruition in ukraine um i wanted to ask you uh if you'd seen the movie ukraine on fire uh no i haven't no i don't i don't get I, out very much anymore but anyway uh, no you don't need to get out you can you can get that on your phone it's it's, it's available for free online it's, oh, okay uh, it's a film that was produced by Oliver Stone, and it was directed by a Ukrainian director. It's a documentary. Mm -hmm. uh, I I just watched it uh, in the last couple of days, and I learned about twice as much as I've known up until now. Um, the most interesting thing for me was the events of the Maidan. Uh, I was always aware of uh, the Maidan protesters having been uh, massacred by snipers, uh, which was originally blamed on the Ukrainian government um, and and very much discredited the Ukrainian government as uh, massacring its own people. Uh, later investigations have shown us that the shots from the snipers were actually coming from the Maidan-controlled buildings, uh, such as the the office of uh, I'm going to pronounce it badly, Svoboda. Uh, which is the extreme right Nazi-aligned uh, political party, uh, which is headed up by a man named Ola Tienbach. Mm -hmm. Now, Ola Tienbach can be seen uh, with Victoria Newland, with John McCain, with John Kerry, with with most of the American players that that showed up in Ukraine to urge on the coup. Um, the most interesting part of the Maidan events that I, I previously didn't know about was there was a moment which was very similar to Occupy here in the United States right right around the same time actually in 2014 where there was a, a large group of students that were camped out in the main square in, in Kiev and one morning they came under vicious attack or one night they came under vicious attack by Ukrainian police and this did uh, a lot to, to turn again to turn the the, uh, the 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 populace against the government because this was seen as a completely inexcusable brutal action against peaceful protesters. Well, in the film, they explore who gave the order to the police, and they say, well, it couldn't have been the local commander on the scene. He would have needed approval from higher up. Uh, that approval apparently came from a man named. I'm going to pronounce it badly, but it's Leovichin. Leovoshin. Yeah, I'm going to, that's as close as I get. Leovoshin, who is, as it turns out, was a close confidant of Jeffrey Pyatt, the American ambassador. Mm, okay. Well, I think this is something that, uh, is there any place where people can uh, go online and read more about this? It's called Ukraine on Fire. It's Ukraine on Fire. 
and it's, it's Oliver Stone produced. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Jeffrey Pye... Oh, I, I, I think we have another caller. I'd like to kind okay. of wrap up here, but... Just to wrap up, Jeffrey Pyatt takes orders from Victoria Newland, who's still with the State Department. Uh, you could mm-hmm. call her the mother of Maidon, because she seemed to have been the person orchestrating most of the so-called color revolution. So the idea was it was essentially a false flag, that you had uh, the American ambassador working with the State Department, working with his, his superior, to order, in effect an attack on anti-government protesters, mm-hmm. which alarmed the country, which was very pivotal in turning the, the, the country against the, the elected government. Thanks, Parent. Well, thank you for that information. So this is something that uh, people can check out. Uh, Ukraine on Fire, a uh, film by... Uh, uh, which... Anyway, this is something that, uh, uh, check it out, Ukraine on fire. Uh, do we have another caller online? Yes. Oh, let's, let's get the next caller then. Good morning, Pear. Good morning, you're on the air. Uh, good morning, this is Mark. And uh, the, the film, I think, is produced by Oliver Stone. Mm-hmm. And to me, that makes it very credible. So I look forward to uh, watching that film if I can. The neocons in their project for a, uh, a new American century insisted that we are an empire and we can uh, make our own reality and other countries simply must uh, adapt to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I think mm-hmm. Blinken and Victoria Newland are... Uh, the continuers of uh, Richard Pearl and uh, Paul Wolfowitz uh, were, were facing the same kind of a, a right-wing uh, mythology of uh, world domination. Well, how is how is Blinken? Do you have any connections? To- well, he has not uh, engaged uh, um, Larnoff, uh, his his counterpart in Russia. To any any uh, conversations uh, mm-hmm. since February, uh, so that that to me is is uh, ridiculous. Um, and he uh, he along with uh, Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, have this uh, terrible idea that American foreign policy means ruining Russia. Mm. Uh, Ru- Russia is part of Europe. And somehow, and negotiations are the only way to peace. So we have to find a way so that uh, Putin can claim a little victory like Crimea. Uh, we, we have to end this terrible war. I, I've seen pictures, and they're just devastating, of course. And that's, you know, uh, from February. Um, the, the Cuban Missile Crisis was, uh, was settled in 13 days. And now we have this terrible Ukraine war, which is uh, nine months. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm frightened by I'm frightened by uh, uh, Lloyd Austin. I'm frightened by Blinken. I'm I'm frightened by Russophobia. I'm frightened by uh, Joe Biden, uh, who was the leader of the anti-Saddam uh, chorus in the war against Iraq. I'm frightened by American foreign policy 
I think there's a very uh, there might be a 700 or 800 page uh, book a documentary on uh, on NATO. It's in very small print. Uh, I'm, I'm afraid I'd, I'd, I'd become uh, terminally depressed if I if I read it. Mm-hmm. I think the, these people right now are bored out of their minds. Uh, they feel probably frustrated, and uh, they're very uh, uh, ruthlessly stubborn. Well, I think you go back to, to clinging to to the myth that the world can only be ruled by the United States. Well, you know, back uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed, is that back around 1990 or something? Uh, you know, the Soviet Union collapsed. Now, NATO was set up as supposedly it was a, a defense against the Soviet Union's expansion. Yes. But, and you think that when the Soviet Union collapsed, well, then NATO could uh, kind of declare victory and, and retire. But no, uh, uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, movement to uh, find a new a new uh, mission for NATO. Yes. And there was even talk of extending NATO to the uh, to, into Asia or something like that. And so uh, there you have it. I mean, it's uh, uh, this. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm translating German articles. One is titled mm-hmm. "In the Trap of NATO." Another mm-hmm. one, another one that I hope to upload tomorrow, is titled "The Collapse of U.S. Hegemony," and I think it's by a Vietnamese historian. Very, uh, a very detailed uh, study of uh, of the collapse. Now, I'm also looking at a, an article here by Scoop Nisker, who was a Swami from Miami on KFOG Radio in the 80s and 90s and the title of the article is titled The Great Leap Backward mm-hmm. or, or how, how I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love the Decline and Fall and uh, it's on the website inquiringmind.com Oh good, okay So I, I really recommend it uh, Let's see, he says here um, first of all there's no shame in being a so-called third world nation uh, he offers a modest proposal that the United States simply resign as a superpower and announce to the world our intention to become a third world nation. <laughs> to, that's very exciting. And also the, the that, that we could become a uh, protectorate of Western Canada. I don't know how you do this, but, but you let them make the decisions about uh, election financing and the melting of the dollar, because we can't do it. The, the the Senate has become a millionaire's club. I'm very glad that it's in democratic control, but uh, our government is run by uh, uh, an, an indifferent elite. You well, know, I would say some of some of the Democrats are more. Uh, uh, you know, Trump uh, has for all his nasty personality. Uh, uh, some of the Democrats are a lot more smooth talking and. Yes. They seem to have uh, a lot more warlike intentions. And so, uh, uh, you know, the U.S. has been, uh, I suppose, going back through history, the U.S. has sort of had this sort of messianic uh, belief that we were kind of, uh, we were meant to uh, show the rest of the world how to, uh, how to, how to live. And at, it's, the, uh, at the same time, war is a diversion, mm-hmm. and it, it takes attention away from the financial markets that are out of control, that are only kept alive by trillions of dollars created by the Federal Reserve. 
Meanwhile, people are sleeping on the streets. You know, yes. it's, uh, it's, it's, it's... Anyway, well, I want to thank you for your call. Uh, getting. Uh, we have another caller. We have another caller online. Good morning, you're on the air. Yo, I, I love love uh, Fight the Empire. I really wish this was an hour-long show because of how much great information comes out of here. I just wanted to kind of echo that Ukraine on Fire is available on YouTube. Uh, if you look, if you just type in Ukraine on Fire, uh, the actual movie is from a, a, a an account called Global Tree Pictures. But yeah, it's free and it provides the entire history leading up to you know, <laughs> I don't know, 2018 or so. Uh, when the movie came out or 2016, I can't quite remember, but it, it goes into detail about all that. But I wanted to bring up this, this it's, it's incredible watching the amount of propaganda is on our media. Last, uh, yesterday, late in the evening, a Russian-made missile hit Poland and immediately uh, Zelensky went on the air and he said he was trying to say this is a very significant escalation of war. He was trying to say that this shows that the terrorist Russia is is going to attack other nations. And then it comes out later on in the night that it was actually a Ukrainian missile that was Russian made, but it was from the fired from the Ukrainian forces that ended up landing in Poland and killing two people. And so it's incredible because I'm on I'm on the news. Uh, you know, I was like trying to I was reading about all this. And we, you, when you do a Google search or when you do a search for the actual uh, story, if you type in uh, Russian missile Poland, you'll see that on the on the site that pulls up all the news, it says senior U.S. intelligence officials told the Associated Press that Russian Russian missiles had crossed into Polish territory and killed two people. And when now when you and you can click on that same link and it doesn't say U.S. officials, it doesn't say U.S. senior intelligence officials. Now it says, oh, well, it was probably just, uh, you know, some type of a mistake. But all last night, uh, the headline news was Poland invoking Article four. And and so with the tension so high, it just seems like they are waiting for some type of a false flag operation to go down mm -hmm. to bring us into this war, blame Russia, and then you know once the shots are fired, it's too late. Um, but we got really close last night, and we got really close because of this uh, rogue missile that Ukraine fired off and hit Poland, and then immediately all of our news was blaming Russia, and now they're redacting the story, and they're saying, oh, actually it was a Ukrainian missile, but it was Russian-made. And so it's just the tensions are very high and it's just, you have to watch. I, I, I think I might've mentioned this. There's this really great, I think his name is Greg snap or Frank snap, but he's a CIA whistleblower. And he, 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 he goes into this, uh, after Vietnam, it was a post Vietnam interview, but he describes how the CIA plants all the information and the news they want. Sorry. I know I've, I've, I've rambled a lot, but I just wanted to say, look for us intelligence officials, say and anything that they say we have to be under the impression that this is exactly what the cia is planting into the news uh you know that anyway uh thank you very much for the show and i i love hearing all the information and the minds gather here i, I wish the show was an hour long <laughs> well thanks for thanks for bringing us more information it's uh you know i do a lot of reading and i and i but uh i know I really have to be uh, amazed sometimes at the people call into this show. They have, uh, they have uh, done their research also, and so uh, 
this is kind of almost like a collaborative effort. And so uh, this is something that, uh, you know, you can't rely on the uh, on the mainstream media, uh, you know, for all our information, even, uh, you know, even NPR uh, has some serious gaps in its coverage of the news and what's going on in the world. And so, uh, anyway, I really think that it's, you know, it behooves us to, uh, you know, we're going to have to uh, find our own, uh, you know, do our own research. And a station like KBU, which is, uh, you know, it's sort of operated not by any outside interests, is owned and operated by us. And so, uh, you know, we could get a lot of good information on KBU on the various programs on KBU. So uh, this is something that, uh, you know, the, the uh, the government is not going to tell us uh, the whole truth, so it's up to us to uh, kind of dig it out ourselves. And so uh, I just like to, uh, you know, that I have an article here. This is from the New York Post earlier this year. Uh, apparently Biden uh, Biden's aide said that, well, he wasn't calling for Putin's overthrow, and Biden said, of course he was, yes. He said there was a... Uh, uh, he says, "I'm not taking. I'm not walking anything back." Biden told reporters. So uh, there you have it. I mean, we have uh, people are mesmerized by uh, uh, by Donald Trump's nasty personality, uh, and just because uh, Biden is uh, is a Democrat and sort of a uh, talking person, uh, we think that uh, you know, in, in, in some ways, he may be even more dangerous than somebody like. Uh, Somebody like, and I just like to, uh, you know, add here that uh, I have a list. This is by William Blum, a writer and researcher, and he has a list that he has compiled of overthrowing other people's governments, and he has a, a list of uh, apparently the United States. This is since since World War. Uh, since 1949, actually, uh, the U.S. has attempted 57 times to overthrow other governments. That's 57 times in, in just the uh, the period since uh, World War II. The U.S. has tried to overthrow other governments, and they have succeeded 39 times. So this is uh, this, this is a, a terrible record. And it's uh, it began with uh, you know with China in 1949, Albania in 1949, East it goes on through East Germany, Iran, and Guatemala, uh, which is a, another story all by itself. So uh, this is something that uh, the information is there. It's not presented uh, unless you kind of dig it out sometimes. So. Uh, I want to thank uh, people who called in for this show. It's uh, I, it really kind of amazes me that uh, you know I put out some information and then the callers come in with more information. So uh, you know we're sort of all in this together, trying to dig out the truth from all the uh, all the propaganda that we are being uh, constantly fed by uh, uh, by uh, people who think they know better. So I want to thank people for listening. Uh, uh, it is uh, almost 9.30, and this has been uh, Fight the Empire. My name is Per Fagre, 
And stay tuned to KBOO. It's your radio station, and it's a station that uh, is sort of, uh, uh, you know, we uh, we are here to dig out the truth. We are here to uh, to find our own information and uh, and not depend on uh, corporate and government 